Indiana's News Channel, your breaking news. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. Do you want to thank R&B Car Company? Locations in South Bend and Warsaw, R&B Car Company are your used car experts. All right, let's let's just address some Notre Dame stuff. Notre Dame uh, became national news again. I mean, not just because they were in that game um, and unsurprisingly got smoked in that game because Notre Dame can't beat Alabama to save their lives. Um, I have a theory as to why Notre Dame can't beat Alabama, so I might have a video coming later this week about that, but (laughs) which doesn't really involve football. It's just, it's just me being a jerk, (laughs) which again, I don't try. I'm not trying to be a jerk. It just happens. It's like magic. Notre Dame. While getting blasted on the field, Notre Dame doubles down on BLM support. (laughs) I'll put that in the daily show prep for everybody. If you want to see that easiest money i've ever made betting against notre dame anyway uh donald trump will leave a legacy of unprecedented achievements so with uh, everything that's happening on the 6th i went over a lot of that on the premium stream today which i do free on monday so if you go to d live after the end of the show it'll be that first hour i cover a lot of this and what to expect we'll go over more of it the next coming uh, couple of days as we we draw near on it what it is actually that is happening uh, no, the the stuff that Republicans in the House are doing are not unprecedented. They're not new. They're not unheard of. They're actually commonplace. They're perfectly legal. They're perfectly constitutional. And Democrats have done it for the last three Republican presidents. And not a single person in the left-wing media has pitched a fit about it. <coughs> I apologize. My throat is really dry. So I'm having an issue uh, talking today. All right. Number one, cured COVID-19. I, I think that if you are going to be objective about it, everything that happened with the vaccines, it's it's one of the most monumental successes if they work, okay? If they end up being what we think they're going to end up being, okay? And I'm not talking about the conspiracy side of things. I'm talking about the societal side of things. <clears throat> if they end up being as effective as they're supposed to be and as the testing shows, and if they end up being safe, all right, uh, as right now they seem to be, there are allergic reactions. to. Uh, most of those are mild. There are some serious reactions. Uh, all but one, I think, of those serious reactions um, were, were because of people already have severe allergies. And they were all related, I think, to Pfizer, right? I don't know that there's one that's been related to Moderna. Um, Moderna, there's a lot of uh, people in the medical community now that are kind of coming out and going, the Moderna vaccine might be where we want to go. And they certainly think that Moderna is better for rural areas. And India just approved the AstraZeneca one, which is less effective than uh, Pfizer or Moderna. But, you know, they're claiming that it's it's much better. Actually, I don't know. They're manipulating the numbers on the AstraZeneca thing. I can't really tell what's what's what. So, and since we're not really using that here in the U.S., I'm not all that concerned with it yet. So you have the vaccines uh, produced in record time. We've played you the montages before of everybody mocking the idea that he was going to have it, uh, have a vaccine by, you know, November. And, and that wasn't something that Trump made up. That was something that he was told uh, 
And we told you this from the very beginning when they started to mock this. I'm like, Trump's not the one saying I, we're going to have a vaccine in November. It was the companies who said we'll have a working vaccine approved for around November, December. And the reason for that, I had to explain, again, this is months ago. And the reason for that is COVID is a coronavirus and we have a lot of experience with coronavirus. So there's a lot of things that are kind of already in the pipeline that could be used and applied uh, for COVID. And that is just kind of what ended up happening. Now, again, if they end up being safe, if they end up being as effective as we think that they will be, this will be a signature achievement of the president. And it doesn't matter how much you try and take that away and pretend that it's a Joe Biden victory. Uh, Did I or did I not tell you back in October that if the election went for Biden, okay, however that happened, but didn't I tell you back in October that they were going to make this all about the rollout and how terrible the rollout is and how Biden was the savior of the rollout, right? And you've seen all of those stories over the past couple of weeks do that. I told you. Again, not difficult. Their playbook is the exact same every single year. Uh, He also, these are signature achievements now. He also killed a lot of terrorists. And President Trump has been, one of the most laughable criticisms of Trump has been, we need to uh, regain our standing on the world stage. As what, punks? Because our standing on the world stage has not been this high since Reagan. That's a fact. I've actually measured that out. There has been studies on this. Our allies like us more now than they have in decades. Our enemies are more reluctant to challenge us now than they have been in decades. Those are huge achievements. North Korea, massive achievement. Casey, things are falling apart in North Korea. That's because Kim Jong-un isn't the ruler of the country anymore. Kim Jong-un got replaced by his sister. And I'm still waiting for the media to catch up to me on that. I told you this months ago. He doesn't run that country. He's a figurehead. She runs it now. And the moment she took over, when he conveniently, air quote here, ended up in the hospital on his deathbed, that was the coup. So he was taken into a back room. Maybe he really got sick. I don't know. And then she seized power while he was out. Or, as happens in Despotic Tyrannies, that was the cover story. But their society is also uh, a patriarchal society, and he's going to be the figurehead until they can convert things over and get people to accept her as the ruler. So that's what happened. He comes out, he cries on television now. You never hear from the guy. He doesn't make public appearances hardly anymore unless the international community speculates about it. She runs that country. The successes of North Korea under President Trump were unprecedented. The peace deals in the Middle East, unprecedented. Destroying the caliphate, unprecedented. He also, let's not forget Moab. Number three, he owned the libs. That's true. See, it was fun for the past four years watching that. Uh, He humiliated Hillary. Peace in the Middle East, we talked about that. I remember when John Kerry, uh, John Kerry basically said that um, there would be no Middle East peace without uh, addressing the Palestinian two-state issue. 
Period. End of story. Called it a pipe dream. Well, here we go. Got Middle East peace. Uh, he saved Christmas. And made Christmas Eve a federal holiday. He encouraged saying Merry Christmas, that sort of thing. He repealed a lot of Obama's so-called legacy. Um, he went to war with rhinos. Those were all good. He was acquitted for a crime he didn't commit. And um, look, his his family, I think um, his family has come out of this really strong. There's a lot of talk of Ivanka now running because of what she said about Iowa the other day. I don't think that's the case, but uh, there's a lot of talk of it. A lot of people want to see Junior run for office. He may very well run for the Senate here in a couple of years. We'll see. There's been a lot of success with, with this president. And, and by the way, you can go through the economic markers and everything else, too. Uh, this is by far and away. You take COVID out of the situation. And I know that there's some of you out there who cluelessly will try and, and lie and blame him for COVID. But you take COVID out of the situation. This is the best economy the country had ever had. And discretionary incomes were up. Uh, consumer confidence were up. The just, I mean, God, just even in this year, the number of Americans who felt good about their future was the highest on record under President Trump. Those are all things that are huge, huge wins for the president, regardless of what happens here this week. You got more coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. I'm your host, Casey Hendrickson. All right, let's uh, let's take a look at a couple of things here. Secretary Pompeo has listed a bunch of Trump's foreign policy achievements, and and these are, I mean, again, it, there isn't any denying this has been one of the most successful. Uh, administrations foreign policy wise that we have had in a very very long time i would even put him ahead of reagan uh, i know that many of you wouldn't uh, but i would and i guess we'll just we'll see how everything kind of holds up with a new administration coming in that's going to try and start a war in syria we'll see how that all goes uh, u.s secretary of state mike pompeo wrote on twitter that in the upcoming days that he would give a complete account of their foreign policy as his as his new year resolution adding that it could not be found anywhere else. Well, that's good. He also um, criticized the 1619 Project, which is that farcical nonsense that even the creator now admits was never intended to be accurate history. Mm-hmm. Tell that to all the school districts that change their curriculum. Right. <clears throat> um, but, I mean, he did. He posted a lot of really good things that were accomplished. And again, this stuff really didn't get a lot of of attention or a lot of notice uh, one uh, look a prime example let me just kind of uh, i was going to do this a little bit later in the show but i think now is appropriate a prime example of why many people don't know about these successes is something that we saw on cnn's uh zach zachariah zachariah whatever the heck his name i don't care uh, anyway he says it's a dirty little secret but trump was tough on russia yeah i know I've been telling everybody that for four years. This administration has been the toughest administration on Russia that we have had in a very long time. Now, of course, some of those administrations previous to the Obama administration were working with Russia to kill terrorists, and Obama decided to stop that. But Trump was extremely tough on Russia. The narrative for four years was that he was a puppet of Russia. And now you've got CNN's uh, Zachariah admitting there's a dirty little secret in Washington, D.C. Trump was actually really tough on Russia. If only 
facts for CNN had told the truth about that for four years, right? But they couldn't because there was a narrative. And that narrative was that he's weak on Russia and Russia controls the United States, controls him and everything else. I also ran into a list of 15 of the top MAGA moments for President Trump in 2020. These are some good things. These are things that you, most people should feel pretty good about. President Trump marks SpaceX Falcon 9 launch on May 30th. This is huge. This is massive. Space under President Trump is better than it has been since Kennedy. And it's going to be destroyed now. A Biden administration is going to gut everything that we have accomplished in space. It's going to become a a complete and total private venture instead of a public-private partnership now. And NASA is, all of the whispers in NASA that they're furious. They're going to be gutted. They're basically going to become a climate change organization again instead of a space exploration and research arm of the government. It's, um, It's a travesty what's going to happen to them. Trump also walked to St. John's Episcopal Church to challenge violent protesters on June 1st. Space Force personnel received the name Guardians on December 18th. That happened on my vacation. I think that was one of the funniest things that has happened in 2020. Um, now, for here's the thing. Okay, who's that guy, something gun, from Guardian, Guardians of the Galaxy, the movies, <clears throat> which are movies that are based off of a comic, and he wants to sue Trump. Oh, he's taking our name. First of all, you're basing your movie on a comic book that's been around for a long time. Uh, second of all, the U.S. Space Command has used the term guardian repeatedly throughout its entire history, including its annual exercise. The annual guardian, uh, something, something guardian is their annual exercise. And guardian makes perfect sense because that's been used by U.S. Space Command for forever. Trump invokes Centers for Disease Control Title 42 to return border crossers on May 18th. That was a huge moment. Um, That actually has led to multiple caravans during COVID being turned around. Mexico has taken a much more proactive approach on border security. So they're helping to alleviate border crossings on their end, which is the first time that that has happened. Uh, It has been a huge success. The Border Patrol just announced over the weekend these sections of new border wall that have been built have been extremely effective at reducing crossings. All great news. Uh, number 11, Donald Trump awards Rush Limbaugh the Medal of Freedom on in February 4th. <clears throat> that was um, a powerful moment and long overdue. Casey, it's the Medal of Freedom. It's the highest honor. There, it's the Medal of Freedom for radio. Okay? Calm your breasticles down. Relax. It's okay. Number 10, Trump signs executive order challenging big tech censorship on May 28th. And right now, I mean, Section 230, that battle is looming. We'll see what happens. You have to understand something. This isn't a right versus left thing. There's a lot of people on the left who want want big tech broken up too. And if they're going to want big tech broken up, the right needs to ensure that Section 230 gets reformed in order to allow that to happen. I think that'll be the negotiation going forward. Number nine, Donald Trump levels a travel ban on China to fight the coronavirus. That was January 31st, while Democrats and members of the press were still running around pretending that it wasn't a real threat and that it was just a diversion from impeachment. Uh, Vox, yeah, Vox. I didn't get to this in the first hour today. Vox finally deleted their tweet, which told everybody to not wear masks. 
all those months ago. They finally deleted it because people keep going back and, and hitting them over the head with it. Every time they try to say the president didn't take this seriously and everybody has to go back and they link to Vox. So Vox finally took their tweet down. <laughs> the March for Life speech on January 24th, huge historical event. The Abraham Accords, that signing ceremony on September 15th, again, Middle East peace, signature achievement of this administration, something that other administrations had deemed impossible and members of an incoming Biden administration like John Kerry have said will be impossible unless we address the Palestinian statehood issue. Didn't have to. Didn't have to worry about it. It all started with moving the embassy to Jerusalem. Something that nobody else had the courage to do. Number six, Donald Trump celebrates failed Democrat attempt to impeach him on February 2020. Again, that was a, it was a non-impeachable offense. It was he was accused of a crime that isn't a crime in the U.S. legal code, and there was no quid pro quo in the phone call period. And again, the great irony is Joe Biden is guilty of doing what they accused Trump of doing and admitting it. Number five, President Trump's speech at Mount Rushmore. That was good. <laughs> Everything about that speech was good just because it made people super upset. Uh, the killing of Salmini on January 3rd. And a bunch of people uh, on the left in particular thought, oh, my God, we're on the brink of World War III. You were never close to World War III, guys. Not even remotely close. It, it was never close. I was trying to calm everybody down back then. Uh, but as 2020 just escalated into the nonsense that it ended up becoming, it was like, we started off the year on the brink of World War III. There would not have been World War III if Iran had decided to declare war on the United States. Uh, that was a good kill. And it was something that should have happened a long time ago. Number three, Donald Trump signs the USMCA trade deal, something that even the left has been trying to get for many, many years, and they still won't give him credit for. Number two, Trump celebrates the development of the first coronavirus vaccine under Operation Warp Speed, November 13th. And number one, Donald Trump hosted the swearing-in ceremony for Supreme Court Justice Amy Coney Barrett on October 26th. So just some of the top mega moments of 2020. It's a lot that has happened that people need to be proud of. we got more coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. We put out the media every week on the show. Uh, they have been exposed once again as charlatans. This gives me a great opportunity to run a short montage of my favorite low points of the media. Let's roll that montage. I want to be clear in how I characterize this. This is a mostly... Uh, it is not, uh, it is not generally speaking, unruly, but fires have been started. Too many see the protests as the problem. Show me where it says that protests are supposed to be polite and peaceful. Somebody tweeted recently that um, actually with the money he spent, he could have given every American a million dollars. got it. Let's put it up yeah. on the screen. It, when I read it uh, tonight on social it kind of all became clear. Bloomberg spent $500 million on ads. U.S. population, $327 million. Uh, don't tell us if you're ahead of us on the map. He could have given each American $1 million and had lunch money left over. It's an incredible way of putting it. It's an incredible way of putting it. It's true. All right. I actually feel bad. I feel bad for the reporter. Uh, I don't feel bad at all for Brian Williams uh, because he's an adult. Uh, I mean, he's he's obviously a liar. But I mean, it's like, how do you? Like, I can understand. Uh, what do you call it? Like, like optical illusions can trick you. Like, if you look at this, you can be. Tr <laughs>
scripted things. We read something, but that was that thing was floating around forever. Yeah. How do you? What is your problem? Okay, enough of the media. They suck. They really do. They're the worst things on the planet. The media is the worst thing on the planet. Do not trust them. All right, <laughs> winners. Let's go, uh, Carly. Winners. Okay, I have three. Excellent. All right. So All the right. first win. Just uh, let's go cut that off there. So they're the worst people. Don't trust them. And Greg Gutfeld. I mean, look, he he nailed it. Like only Greg Gutfeld can. He's one of the few people I'm envious of, talent-wise. Uh, he just he just has something about him that, in a way of phrasing things that just nobody else has. And all of those things were examples of how the media was silly and stupid and that sort of thing. But at the same time, Cheryl Ackerson has been running, and she just did an end-of-the-year one as well. But she's been running a fake news archive on the media versus Donald Trump from the very beginning of all of this. And it is a stellar archive to go back. Every single day, every day, there is something new. And she doesn't add every single thing on there. It's just, you know, if there's... 100 stories about one thing, she'll add, you know, the first story that kind of kicked it off. And perfect examples of this with what Gutfeld is talking about, you know, the media being exposed to charlatans in 2020 and not trusting them. Obviously, COVID is a big part of that. Like, here's some examples, minus, minus the Hunter Biden scandal, which the media said wasn't real and now admits was suddenly, automatic, automatically after the election. Uh, we, caught, we talked about this earlier, CNN Zachariah or Zakaria, whatever the heck his name is. Um, tough, uh, dirty little secret. Trump was tough on Russia. They'll admit it now that they told you that lie throughout the entire process. You remember when the Trump tax cuts happened and you had members of the press saying it's really, I'm paraphrasing, I don't remember the exact quote. You had a member of the press who said the quiet part out loud. And he said, it's really been a testament that we've been able to convince so many Americans that getting, having less taxes was actually a tax hike. And it's, they were out there actively pushing this. Everybody got a tax cut who wasn't in the wealthy 1%. Everybody. But the media convinced you that you didn't get a tax cut. And they were largely successful with large swaths of the population in doing that. So then you have the Swalwell thing. So Representative Eric Swalwell, um, he was he was bang, 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 and he spy, and the media wouldn't cover it. They didn't cover it at all. They hit it. Then you have the media is now admitting that China engaged in COVID cover-up. Reporters were tailed. Samples were confiscated. This is the media is now doing Yeah, yeah, no kidding. After all of this time of pretending that China was the good guy, China was being falsely demonized by a racist and xenophobic Donald Trump and his supporters. Really? Yeah, if only a radio host whose name rhymed with Casey had been telling you this years ago. Right. Um, we've also got, speaking of the China thing, you know what? Let's pivot. Let's pivot a little to the China thing. Because a lot of the propaganda that you get from the news media and from social media, and from media in general, actually is being directed by China. And I'll explain. I know I've done it in the past, but I'll explain a little bit more coming up on 95.3 MNC. All right, let's talk about China and the media. Now, I've gone over this a little bit in the past. 
and I've talked about the China Daily. Uh, we've also gone over who owns the media. And for those of you who do not know, I've done many shows, I've done premium streams about this where I've broken down who actually owns the news media. There's only about 10 to 12 rich people or corporations that own 99% of the media that you digest on a daily basis. This includes television, newspaper, radio stations, and social media and news websites online. A lot of them, one of the reasons that you see stories duplicated over and over and over again are because all of those outlets are owned by the same person or the same company. And so they push out the same content to all of their platforms. And that's how the story gets spread. And so oftentimes what you'll see is you'll see people sharing the same story from multiple outlets, okay? Go see, this is reported everywhere. Look at this. Well, they're all owned by the same company. It's, you're sharing the same thing over and over and over again. Um, lazy places that only use the AP wire service and just regurgitate what the AP wire service says, um, those are a similar problem. So are you familiar with the China United States Exchange Foundation? Of course you're not. So anyway, the CUSEF, we've talked about this in the past, was founded by the vice chairman of the Chinese People's Political Consultative Conference. Now, Chinese Communist Party. It has been identified by the U.S.-China Security and Economic Review Commission as a key component of the Chinese Communist Party's United Work Front. We have done many shows on the United Work Front and the Confucius Institutes and everything else. So what they do is they do these things called sponsored trips or familiarization trips. And what ends up happening is what they do is they, they sponsor these, these trips from key media figures, influencers, opinion leaders, that sort of thing. Um, sometimes even the general public. I just saw a, a thing here where um, one of the people that's involved in the election in Georgia went on one of these paid trips to, to China, and it was paid for by the Chinese Communist Party. This happens all the time. And many prominent members of U.S. media go on these trips. And so China, hey, come to China, all expenses paid, and you can hang out with us, we'll talk about exchanging culture. And, and all of these people, not all of them, but a lot of them end up on China's payroll. We've talked about the reports about how much U.S. media is actually on the payroll of the Chinese Communist Party independently. Not that newspapers necessarily, they get money from the China Daily, but independent reporters are paid directly by the Chinese government to be nice to the Chinese government in their op-eds, their articles, their whatever. So anyway, these familiarization trips, uh, criteria for participants included effectiveness of opportunities for favorable coverage. Favorable coverage for who? Communist China. Right. They also secure favorable coverage from these American media individuals on these familiarization trips. Now, that can be done a whole host of ways. It could be the Fang Fang way, where they throw a Chinese spy who sleeps with you and you're a married person and the next thing you know, you're compromised. Uh, it could be doling out cash like they do to a lot of professors at American universities to steal proprietary technology and research. It could be a whole host of things. Okay, here's outlets who participate in this exchange with the Chinese Communist Party. 
Vox, Slate, Boston Herald, Boston Globe, Huffington Post, The Atlantic, Fox News, New York Times, NPR, CNBC, Newsweek, Los Angeles Times, Baltimore Sun, Chicago Tribune, The Guardian, The New Yorker, Financial Times, Foreign Policy, The, the Philadelphia Inquirer, New York Magazine, Yahoo Finance, National Journal, Washington Post, Forbes, Bloom, Bloomberg, Minneapolis Star Tribune, U.S. News and World Report, San Francisco Chronicle, Philadelphia Inquirer, Harvard Business Review, The Hill, Chicago Magazine, MSNBC. Get it? Many of those places owned by the same companies. They also have private dinners. Okay, who goes to the private dinners? All right, let's let's take a look. <clears throat> uh, friendly reminder that every American media outlet subscribes to the Associated Press wire service. Friendly reminder. What outlets go to these private dinners? Paid for by the Chinese Communist Party. Washington Post, Associated Press, Associated Press, Associated Press... Time Magazine, New York Times, CBS, Forbes, PBS, The Atlantic, The Economist, CNBC, Wall Street Journal, Financial Times, National Journal, NPR, Political, uh, Chicago Tribune, Bloomberg, BBC, Los Angeles Times, Quartz, Agency France Press, McClatchy Newspapers, Congressional Quarterly, Business Week, CNN, The Hill, Reuters, ABC, Nation, Yahoo, Newsweek. Get it? Why do you think you constantly have positive coverage of China in the United States media? They've paid for it. This isn't a conspiracy thing. This is something that has been reported on by the Western intelligence agencies for years now. I have been talking about this my entire career. It's just becoming known to a lot of people because there's some fishy stuff going on with COVID. But finally, the media is like, hey, you know what? Um, China, China was actually, you know, um, manipulating everybody a little bit with this uh, COVID stuff. And they did cover some things up. Yeah, they did. They can say that now because China got their boy. Right? China got their boy in the White House. There's so much more I could dive into this. So much more. When Greg Gutfeld says you can't trust the U.S. media, this is what he's talking about. It's not just China. It's obviously the political indoctrination. It's the deliberate hiding of stories that would have cost somebody an election or helped another person in the election. All of that and more.